Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. If you find yourself chronically doing too much, it's time to set some boundaries with yourself. What does it mean to love and work well? And how do I pursue what truly matters? Working at the intersection of business and psychology, I help you answer these questions and more so you can focus priorities, inspire change, lead with courage, and live with more joy today. Hi, I'm Dr. Melissa Smith. Welcome to the Pursue What Matters podcast, where we focus on what it takes to thrive in love and work. So a couple of weeks ago, I asked the question, are you doing too much? And probably a lot of you said, yes, that's true for, for so many of us. And then last week, I did a great book review of the book, The Art of Saying No. So maybe if you've been listening, you're starting to get my point. If you are prone to doing too much, you may need to learn to say no a bit more often. And so today I want to help you do that. And the first person you need to start with is you. That's right. So don't look side to side. Look in the mirror. It's time to really get straight with yourself in terms of doing too much and setting some boundaries with yourself. Because as you learn to set some boundaries with yourself, you'll get a lot better at setting boundaries with others. So again, so many of us are our own worst enemy. We say yes when we should say no. We spread ourselves too thin. We end up being exhausted, resentful, and frayed at the edges, right? And that is really the path to burnout. So let's not do that anymore. So today I'm going to help you understand the main causes of doing too much. Did you know that there are a few different areas where that shows up? And then I have a ton of ideas to help you set boundaries with yourself and others. So I don't want to overwhelm you, right? Because if you're someone who does too much, you might listen to all these ideas and feel like you need to do them all. Don't do that. That would not be effective. I just want to help you generate some ideas and really help you think about of the three categories, where do you find yourself getting caught? And then maybe choosing one thing in that category to to work with, right? The goal is that we're going to be doing less of things that really don't serve you so that you can really focus on um, where you can do your best work. Uh, so I've got a lot of ideas, but we don't want you to, to take it too far there. So of course, every week with the podcast, my goal is to help you pursue what matters by strengthening your confidence to lead. I do that in one of three ways, leading with clarity, which helps to connect you to purpose, leading with curiosity, which helps you to develop curiosity and self-awareness and self-leadership, and then leading and building a community. And the three, uh, the three causes of burnout, right? That the categories where we see the doing too much show up are so relevant to work because, you know, you might find ways at work that you get caught in this trap. If you're a leader, you might find ways that you're trapping others um, because maybe you're giving them too much to do. Um, so we don't want to punish the really competent folks at work. And, you know, unfortunately that happens a lot. So let's start with our first point, which is that burnout has different causes. So it's really important to understand that. Uh, so if we think about doing too much, it's just another way of thinking about burnout. There are um, three main causes that we are going to pay attention to. So first is work-related. So these are situations that are external to you for the most part. So you still have to deal with them, but you didn't necessarily cause them. Of course, they impact you and we really want you to 
um, pay attention to those and see what you can do to help yourself. Um, and, you know, think about the boundaries that you might need to set. Now, of course, we're focusing on boundaries you need to set with yourself. But as you listen along, you might find there are some boundaries you need to set with other people. And I think that's that can be very true when it comes to work-related causes. And so, um, you know, some of the causes of those are feeling like you have little or no control over your work. There's a lack of recognition or reward for good work. There's maybe unclear or overly demanding job expectations. Maybe you're doing work that's monotonous or unchallenging, or you're working in a pretty chaotic or high pressure environment. So those are the work-related um, causes of doing too much and burnout. And so now let's understand the second uh, cause of doing too much um, and burnout. So that is lifestyle causes. So it, here's the category where you have a lot more control. So this is a great point of intervention. So listen up as we talk about some of the boundaries that you could set with yourself. Lifestyle will, will present several opportunities for that. So some examples of lifestyle causes of doing too much. You're working too much. You lack balance between work, socializing, and relaxing. You lack close supportive relationships. You take on too many responsibilities without enough help from others. Uh, maybe you don't get enough sleep. So we just think about um, good uh, self-care in terms of sleep, exercise, rest, all those good things. So that's the second uh, cause of doing too much or burnout. Now let's move to the third one. Now this one can feel kind of pesky. It can be a little more intractable. It's definite, there's definitely a lot of room for, uh, for change and improvement, but this category is personality. So we think about personality treats that traits that may make you a little more susceptible to burnout. And as someone who, <laughs> definitely has been vulnerable for burnout to, to burnout. I recognize a lot of these personality traits. And what I would also say is um, I've been able to create a lot of meaningful change in these areas. So hope is not lost. And, you know, you don't have to take my word for that. There's really good um, research foundation for the fact that these are movable, right? Personality is stable, but these traits we can absolutely work with in a different way. So what are some of the personality traits that really can make you very vulnerable to doing too much? So perfectionism, that's a big one. Uh, a self-critical view of yourself because you'll just keep pushing yourself to the brink. Uh, maybe you have pessimism about the world and the future, right? Like that really undermines um, your optimism and your ability to harness excitement and motivation for the work, which of course paves the way to burnout. Uh, maybe you're controlling. Um, maybe you have difficulty delegating. Maybe you're very high achieving. So you're not perfectionistic, but you are a high achiever. And then of course, the type A personality, right? So you're just a hard charger. Um, you don't really, you know, you don't really let small things go. You're very competitive. Um, and so some of these personality traits, just listening to them, you can kind of see how, um, how they might set you up for doing too much. And also what I would say is just feeling kind of miserable about things. So that's our first point is understand that burnout has three different causes. And today we're going to talk about three primary causes of doing too much. So now let's head to, let's jump into the details of these 
uh, causes. And right, we're getting to the meat of the podcast, which is I'm going to give you some boundaries. So we're on to our second point, which is I want you to set work-related boundaries, right? So the first cause of doing too much is work-related. And so we're going to talk about each of these points and I'm going to give you some recommendations. I'm going to give you some questions. Maybe you can ask yourself. Maybe you can can consider asking at work. So, you know, one of the first um, areas of concern with the work-related issues is feeling like you have little or no control over your work. So some questions for you. Are there ways you can have a bit more autonomy at work? We know that autonomy at work is one of the biggest predictors of job satisfaction, low turnover, and commitment to uh, culture and vision. And so having autonomy at work really is a game changer. So listen up, you hierarchical leaders. Um, make sure you have autonomy for your folks, right? That that they shouldn't be wills, um, cogs in a wheel, right? That they should have some autonomy um, in the work. And it will really, right, it makes your job easier. Um, it makes everyone happier. So that's the first question. Are there ways you can have a bit more autonomy at work? So we think about um, even a little more flexibility in your schedule. So a day when you can come in late or leave early, having just a little bit of flexibility in your schedule can make a big difference because it brings you some autonomy. Um, I know, so for myself, right? Like I've been in charge of my schedule for a long time, um, but for a lot, of, a lot of that time, I've been pretty rigid, right? Like I had... Um, high expectations for myself to be in the clinic by a certain time. Um, and, you know, one day I just kind of stepped back a little bit and asked myself, like, why do I need to be so rigid? Um, I could create a little more flexibility in my schedule and certainly still, you know, contributing a lot at work. But I can't tell you what a difference that flexibility has brought to me, right? So, the work is is very similar, right? But when I know, you know what, I can I can take a little more time at home in the morning if I would like to. Like giving myself permission to do that has really it has absolutely increased my job satisfaction. And that sounds like a very small thing, but it's not because autonomy is not a small thing. Autonomy makes a big difference. And so I certainly recognize that not everyone has that sort of flexibility, right? Like you might not have that kind of flexibility in your schedule uh, specifically, right? Like there's lots of folks that um, that do shift work and they need to be there at the appointed hour. Um, but are there other ways that you can create a little more flexibility? Um, so maybe it's not on schedule, but maybe it's in another area of the work, okay? And then I want you to also get curious about how others might be creating flexibility in their schedule. So what are they doing that you can maybe learn from? Um, what can you learn from others? other folks at work. So, you know, one of the ways that I realized this, the flexibility in the schedule is like, I never took a lunch and I would see some of my colleagues go to lunch and come back and right. They were getting this social time. They were getting a break from the work. They're getting a good meal. And that, that was the other thing. One day I'm like, why, why don't I go to lunch? Like I could do that. I could make that work. And 
that helps us to balance work and social connection, which is really important. That's one of the boundaries that we'll talk about in a little bit. So I just want you to ask yourself a couple of those questions and consider how you could um, create a little more autonomy and flexibility in your schedule. So when it comes to work-related boundaries, another area of concern is the feeling of a lack of recognition or reward for your good work. So these are my recommendations in terms of some boundaries, some things that you can do to help yourself. Document your good work. I am really serious about that. Keep track of all the good work you do. So, you know, as a professional, as a psychologist, I keep a curriculum vitae um, or a vita around. Um, it's it's a fan, it's a fancy resume, right? So it's a little more involved because you have research, publications, presentations, that sort of thing. Um, but I try to keep this update updated and it's really good because I have a running document of my good work. Um, and that's a really good case to make for yourself. It's also a really good case to make to others. So not that you're necessarily going to go looking for another job, but it helps you to really document the work that you've been doing. So my guy friend is in the military and they have a similar, uh, they have a similar process. Um, it's, it's a very bureaucratic, bureaucratic progress process, because of course it is the military. Um, but he, he has to really reflect once a year, he has to document all the good work that he has done. And of course that goes into rank and advancement and all of that sort of thing. But it's good because if you, if you document that some, it, it can strengthen your case for, you know what, I'm going to go in and ask for a raise, or, you know what, I think it's time for me to be um, developing in my career a little bit more. So you can make a good case for yourself. And so having that boundary for yourself can help you to um, assert yourself in other areas. So this can be really helpful um, for building courage when you ask for more autonomy. So again, um, check out what I just said about autonomy. Um, so when we think about this recognition issue, make your case to your supervisor. Um, the truth is some supervisors, some bosses are just lousy at acknowledging good work. And maybe it's just because they don't have eyes for it. Maybe they're so busy in the work that um, they don't feel like they have the luxury or the time to acknowledge that. But you leaders, you got to do that. It's really, really important. Um, maybe they don't realize how important the recognition is. We know from the leadership research that recognition is incredibly important. And that's not just monetary recognition. In fact, um, money, money can help, but it it's limited in how effective it is. It's much more valuable for us to see how our work connects to a higher purpose or how we contributed, how we helped someone, um, how we helped a client. That recognition is really valuable to folks. Um, and maybe your supervisor just needs a nudge in the right direction. So you can really help uh, her or him out with that. So the other point that I want you to pay attention to is asking yourself what recognition or reward would be meaningful for you. So would it be a raise? Would it be a promotion? Would it be a title change? Would it be a little more autonomy? So think about that, keep that in mind so that you can uh, carry that with you for you know conversations with folks at work. 
So another area where it might be helpful to set some boundaries for yourself as it relates to work is in the area of unclear or overly demanding job expectations. So here's what you can do here. You can ask for clarification. You can point out scope creep, right? Like, oh my goodness, like when I started this job a year ago, these were my responsibilities. And now we've creeped to, you know, 10 more responsibilities. Um, that can be really important to take note of. Uh, set boundaries related to scope creep or renegotiate your terms. Ask for a detailed job description. That detailed job description is really helpful for you as well so that you don't overdo it. So you don't um, do more than you should be, which can undermine your effectiveness in your core job responsibilities. Ask for direction on how to prioritize new tasks against existing expectations. And that's a really important thing to do because we can get new tasks or responsibilities piled on us very easily and it can be hard to know how to prioritize them or how to make them fit. And so I think asking um, whoever assigned that to you, hey, how do you want me to prioritize this against existing expectations is really good because it puts the ball in their court again and it becomes a shared responsibility um, in terms of getting things done effectively while not undermining what's, you know, what you already have existing in terms of commitments. So another thing you can do here is try saying no on small things first. I think that can be really helpful. Um, another area of um, work-related boundaries and concerns is doing work that's monotonous or unchallenging. Oh, we don't want to do that. So I want you to consider joining a project that excites you. You could ask for Google time. So with Google, at a certain point, they had 80-20 time um, where they spent 80% of their time on their specific Google responsibilities, but then they had 20% of their time um, that they could spend on special projects. And the 20% of the time really, I mean, that's where a lot of the innovation and creativity from Google came from. So you might not be able to ask for 80, 20 time, but maybe you could ask for 90, 10 time where you could work on a special project that where you have a lot of energy and excitement. You could also consider how you can improve a process and then consider proposing it to someone with an open ear. That can help you to be more engaged and have a little more challenge at work. So one of the other areas, so this is the last area of the work-related um, concerns where we want to think about maybe setting some boundaries is that maybe you work in a chaotic or high-pressure environment. So I want you to consider how you can bring in predictability, even when the environment is unpredictable. So, you know, one thing that you could do is you could pack a lunch, right? So, uh, you know, for those who worked in shift work or in the hospital, right? I got a guy friend that works in the emergency department, you know, packing a lunch or packing some food um, can actually be really helpful because it's like, okay, I know I can get something to eat. Um, I might not be able to head down to the cafeteria or to the docs lounge to get that, but I, I'm not going to starve, right? On the, on the shift. And um, that can also be helpful, especially if, you know, people are ordering all sorts of food that might not be a great fit for you or might not help you to have the energy you need to get through your shift. Um, other things you can do, what can you count on at work, even if it is 
small. So the example of packing the lunch or knowing, you know what, it's a busy day, but I know I'm going to have this 15 minute block where I'm just going to shut the door. I'm going to go to a quiet place by myself and rest for a few minutes. Um, You can also discuss the nature of the work with colleagues. Um, Do they find it chaotic as well? What have they found helpful um, for them to thrive in this crazy environment? And then how can you feel supported at work? So just having the conversation can help you to feel more supported um, because you know you're not alone. You know um, that it is a challenge for other people. And that might also create an opening for larger conversations about, okay, how do we all want to deal with this together because we're all dealing with it um, kind of on our own, but how can we support one another? Are there opportunities for changes so it can be less chaotic? Um, And then, you know, asking yourself whether there are maybe some solutions that you've missed that are working for others because right when you're doing too much, it's hard to think creatively. And so maybe there are some solutions that are working for others that you've just missed. Okay, so now we're going to head to our third point, which is we want to set some lifestyle related boundaries. So this is the area where you have a lot more control. It's a great point of intervention. So some of the ways we go sideways um, with the lifestyle boundaries is we work too much. So I would love it if you would set some boundaries with yourself and with colleagues. So set a timer and leave or move to the next task when the timer buzzes. I've done that. I've absolutely done that when I've been working on projects and it's been really helpful. Um, Hold yourself accountable. Tell others you need to leave and ask them to check in with you. I've done that. Um, So I've had an accountability group and my goal was to leave the office by a certain hour and then I had a call with them um, the next hour and my goal was to join that call from home instead of at the office and they would check in with me and they could tell uh, because they could see my background and so that really did help make a difference for me. So keep work to specific time frames. So these are some of the good good boundaries you can set with yourself. Um, no, No email after 6 p.m. No work at home, no texting after hours, right? You will need to choose boundaries that are really fitting for your work, but can you stick to some specific uh, work hours and don't don't go outside of those hours. This is particularly important if you work from home. You gotta create some boundaries for yourself. Otherwise, work takes over everything and you feel like you're a victim to your job. So the second area where we'd like to set some lifestyle-related boundaries Um, And the concern area is a lack of balance between work, socializing, and relaxing. So I want you to build in balance time. So what are some of the ways you can do this? So I already mentioned um, going to lunch. You could set lunch dates. Um, I've started doing that. So I will set lunch dates like with my guy friend or other friends. And it really, it forces me to a a little more balance. And I'm sorry to say I'm at a place where I still need to uh, really set those boundaries with myself. And, you know, I I guess I'm not sorry about it because it's it's a self-awareness and just recognizing, you know what, this is what I need to make those changes. And I don't, I don't, need to get you know too critical about that you could go on a work uh, on a walk during work you could set a social calendar so make plans um, so that you're not 
um, so that it's not easy to just stay at work. And that's something that I've also done. I will make commitments to people um, in, you know, for after work so that I'm not tempted to just stay longer and put work things away at home. So if you have a work bag, laptop, that sort of thing, put them out of sight so they can be out of mind. Okay. Um, and then the next area that we want to pay attention to uh, related to lifestyle related boundaries is the lack of close supportive relationships. So what can you do to strengthen your relationships? Can you call an old friend? Can you get friendly with those at work? Can you join a class? So maybe you join yoga or um, a different exercise class, or you join a community education where you're working on a skill development or a hobby group. Um, be friendly, chat with people, be open, and strengthen the relationships you already have. So call your sister, talk to your partner, let them know how you're doing, right? You got to make a bit of effort when it comes to the supportive relationships. Um, because what, what can often be true is like, we have a lot of people who we care about and who care about us, but if we're not if we're not constantly cultivating those connections, it's really easy to feel that distance pretty quickly um, and for you to then feel alone, which um, is a big contributor to the burnout. So we really want to stay away from that. Okay, another area when it comes to lifestyle um, is taking on too many responsibilities. And the, what I would add to that is without enough help from others. So the real key here is to delegate. And, you know, I'm, I think I'll do a podcast on delegation um, upcoming because this is a big issue, especially for a lot of those high achieving leaders. Um, you fail to delegate. Um, and so we really do, I, I think initially you just got to set that boundary with yourself that I'm, I'm not going to, just because I can do it doesn't mean I am going to and really get better at delegation. And I, what I would say is that is a practice skill. Um, but once you once you get some traction, oh, my goodness, you're just going to like kick yourself that you didn't do it sooner. Um, so what can you do? You can delegate. You can ask for help. You can hold others accountable. So rather than fixing it or doing it for them, you need to hold others accountable. It's just like with parenting, right? It takes way more effort to teach the skill or to hold the kiddo accountable. It's always easier to do it yourself, but that's not the point. The point is that, you know, those you work with develop the skills, develop the confidence, develop the competence. Um, and so in order to do that, you have to hold them accountable. You have to set expectations. You have to support them and hold them accountable. I also want you to challenge the belief that you need to do it all. You do not. And in fact, um, you'll be happier and your relationships will, will benefit more and you'll probably be more successful if you can challenge that belief um, because none of us were meant to do it all. None of us were meant to go it alone. And then the last area that I just want to touch on related to lifestyle is not getting enough sleep. But I would add to this, it's just imbalance in health. So when it comes to sleep, give yourself a bedtime. Um, I'm a big fan of sleep hygiene. There's it, it makes such a big difference for the quality and the quantity of your sleep. So set a timer for when it's time to start your evening wine 
wind down. Give yourself at least 30 to 60 minutes for your wind down. It really cues your body to start lowering the physiological arousal. It also helps to gear down anxiety or worry or thoughts of the day so that when you lay down on your pillow, right, that um, that your body and your mind are actually ready for sleep. Um, and so of course, utilize some sleep hygiene because that can be, that can make a big difference. Um, other ways to create balance is make sure you're getting um, balanced, uh, moderate exercise most days of the week. That'll help you feel a lot better. It also kicks in just a little more balance because maybe you go on a walk with a friend or a loved one. Um, and so we think about balance with nutrition as well. So, you know, all of those things can really help create some meaningful lifestyle um changes. So those are some good boundaries that you can set with yourself. Give yourself a bedtime, right? It was good for kids. It's good for you as an adult as well. Okay. So now we're going to move to point four, which is our third area of boundaries. So, right, we need to set uh, work-related boundaries. We need to set lifestyle um focus boundaries, and we need to set personality focus boundaries. So this is the third area that we're going to talk about. Now, don't get down on these because personality is very stable, um, but there's a lot of wiggle room on these traits that you can work with. So the first one is the perfectionism. If you have perfectionistic tendencies, right, this belief that nothing is ever good enough, I really want you to challenge um, the effectiveness of perfectionism. And I can tell you right now that perfectionism is not correlated with achievement or success. It's actually correlated with unhappiness and lower achievement. And so instead we want to pursue excellence. And, you know, I have a podcast, I believe on, on the difference there. And so I will link to that. Um, we really do want to challenge perfectionistic tendencies and, you know, when we think about pursuing excellence instead, it's doing our best, but it's also having a soft place to land. And that moves us into the second area, which is a self-critical view of self. So if you struggle with perfectionism, you're probably pretty self-critical. Um, and that, you know, at the end of the day, no one feels better and it lowers motivation for change. And so instead of that self-critical view, I really want you to embrace self-compassion. So when you notice yourself being critical of yourself, just stop it. Say, I don't want to talk to myself that way. Um, try to work with some affirmations, even if you don't believe them. Maybe just one small thing, which is I'm I'm learning and that's a good thing. I'm doing my best um, at this. I'm doing my best at this activity and you don't have to be perfect. So we want to embrace self-compassion instead. And of course, I did a book review on the excellent book, Self-Compassion. So that could be a helpful primer to you. Another area that we can get tripped up when it comes to the personality is pessimism. Maybe we have pessimism about the world and the future. So I want you to understand the negativity bias, which is our brains are wired for negativity. It helped us to survive on the savanna. It's not very helpful to us now in modern life because we just, we can focus too much on negatives without recognizing 
the positives. So I want you to actively cultivate optimism. Start with small things. Having a gratitude practice can really make a big difference and shift you away from pessimism towards more realism or even optimism. Optimism can be a great thing. Um, So we want to just make sure that we're also taking note of the good in our lives. Okay. Another area where personality can trip us up is maybe your controlling. So I want you to remember that control is just an illusion. It's not a thing. We do not have control over life. You could walk out the door and get hit by a bus. Um, We don't have control. So we want, we do our best to manage what we can and recognize that uncertainty is always part of the equation. So life is full of anxiety when you are trying to control it. When you try to control life, that is a recipe for spiking anxiety. So we don't want to do that. We want to learn to ride the waves, um, learn to uh, tolerate uncertainty. That will that will help you much more than anything else. And you know, Eckhart Tolle told us that our ability to embrace uh, or to tolerate uncertainty really opens us up to life's possibilities. And I absolutely see uh, the truth of that. So we want to challenge those tendencies towards control. Okay, another area where we can get tripped up with personality is difficulty delegating. We talked about this a little bit uh, um, back when we were talking about lifestyle. So I'm not gonna say much here except to start small And consider a task that you do not enjoy and are not well suited to. And think about, okay, how can I delegate that task? Or how can I even delegate one small part of that task? Um, And then the next area when it comes to personality is maybe you're high achieving. And so we want to balance the high achievement with acceptance of yourself as you are. So can you bring some self-compassion and acceptance to yourself in this moment. And so when it comes to these personality focused boundaries, your self-talk really makes a difference. We want to have some good boundaries there. And then the last area is uh, maybe you have a type A personality, right? You're a competitor. You're always gunning, that sort of thing. And so I want you, this might sound a little crazy, especially to you type A's, but I want you to identify one to two areas of your life where you can be mediocre. I'm dead serious about that. Choose something where you don't have any ego or skin in the game. Uh, So no ego associated with it. Maybe it's checkers, whatever, right? Like I played code names this weekend. I'd never played it before. I'm like, I could, I could be totally mediocre at this game and it's okay. Like I I can still have a really good time. Um, And so choose even just one or two areas in your life where you give yourself permission to be mediocre. Okay. So that is uh, the podcast for you today. So again, we talked about different causes of doing too much, and we really wanted to focus on setting some boundaries with yourself, which paves the way to help you set boundaries with others. We talked about the three causes of doing too much and burnout. So uh, with each of those areas, I gave you a lot of ideas. Um, So the first area was setting work-related boundaries. Uh, The second area is setting lifestyle-related boundaries. And the third one is setting personality-focused boundaries. And I just want you to pick one area and one thing. So if you want to listen to the podcast again, um, there are lots of ideas. Um, And then just just do one thing and let that be enough. 
Um, because remember, we're trying to set boundaries with ourselves. We're trying to do less. Um, and so head on over to my website to check out the show notes with the resources for this episode at www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 161 dash boundaries with yourself. So one more time, that's www.drmelissasmith.com forward slash 161 dash boundaries with yourself. B-O-U-N-D-A-R-I-E-S-W-I-T-H-Y-O-U-R-S-E-L-F. So um, I'd love to continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at dr.melissasmith. Remember, love and work, work and love. That's all there is. Until next time, take good care. 